Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to March 6, 2020. I think tomorrow night we put our clocks forward. Um, no, t- like Sunday morning, 2 a.m. they do it. But it's coming, so next Monday, set your clocks right. Otherwise, we will all miss each other somehow. But today is Questions Friday. I love Fridays. I love, like, culminating a week, even though I don't know how we got to Friday this week. It just, like, zipped on by. And now they're saying we are going to have rain, like, for five days in a row next week, like Monday through Friday or something like that. And now they're even saying it might even hit on Saturday. So we will see. I'll let you know on Monday we can't predict the weather, which I think is so cool. That's why I love weather so much. You can't predict it. And it kind of, in a weird way, when things are, like, raining or whatever, I feel closer to people. I feel like people feel closer to each other. People don't get to hide as easily. And I don't know what it is, but I like it, whatever it is. So I have a bunch of questions. So I have a first question, and it is from Susan Auric, and she writes, Um, Keeping calm, patient, and breathing every day in the midst of a crazy but marvelous world. Keeping balance and trust that every day ends as it should. Just enjoying life while it is happening. It's all hard work. How do we honor ourselves in it so we don't get lost in the woods of having to be or do something to be happy? Um, Example, guilt trip for not having done enough. Impatience with someone when someone needs time. All right. I have to tell you because I'm thinking of it for somebody I'm, I'm meeting with today at 10. Same deal. That rush, 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 but what are we rushing to? Think about that. What are we rushing to? We're like running and, oh, my God, like if the world, <laughs> excuse me, the world is going to end if you don't do whatever. And it doesn't mean let everything go. Just let whatever is in your life, while it's in your life, the time it takes to rush someone, the time it takes to rush yourself, you could have actually gotten something done. And that might sound like, how could you rush yourself and then not rush yourself and get something done faster? Because you're going to pay attention and you won't go back and have to do it again my second job in this whole world well actually it was my third because my first one was working with my family but there was a sign on the door every single morning when I would walk into my job I would read this sign never occurred to me where it came from or why but it said if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it again? And for someone like me who can't sit still, I needed to hear that every day. It was like subliminal. Every day I'd read it and, you know, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it again? When will you? And then one day I started saying that to myself. Like, you know, hey, slow down. 
do this right so you don't have to come back and do it again. But I found something else out in that. It's not like I just did it right and didn't have to come back and do it again. But that patience gave me time to notice the details in what I was doing. And then I really understood that statement. You know how people say, well, this keeps happening to me over and over again, and they just, like, go crazy. Like, why do I keep doing that? Why does that keep happening to me? Well, it keeps happening to you because you didn't learn the lesson. That's the easy answer. But what was the lesson you didn't learn? You didn't learn the details. And when you're missing something from your lesson, you got to like go back to that fork in the road and do it again because there was something in it for you. When we talk about gifts, those gifts don't come in a package with a bow, so we don't recognize them. They don't have a neon light flashing going, gift here, gift here. It just, that's not how it works. It works with awareness of ourselves because Rushing through life has been taught to us. Being told what to think has been taught to us. And then when we have to think for ourselves, we're all freaked out. We're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, what are you going to do? Start with, what do I want? What would I like to see happen? Would I like to see myself more patient when someone else needs my time? What do I feel like I'm missing by giving this person time? Do I think that this isn't an energy exchange, that we're both not learning something? You both are. Just because someone else needs your time, it doesn't mean you're the one teaching them something or giving them something that you can't ever get back. That's the ego coming in and saying, "Ah, why waste your time on other people? Keep it on yourself. You're doing a great job rushing yourself over here. Rush through life. Don't feel a thing. And then come back and say, why do I feel like something's missing? When you exchange energy with another soul, that is a gift to your time. It teaches you other people's processes which helps you identify your own better. Nobody on the face of this earth is above another person on any level. I don't care who you think doesn't know what we know or doesn't feel what we feel. They do and they do. Never underestimate God's power in another human being. We may not like what they're putting out. We may be able to see that that's coming from insecurity or coming from whatever. Still doesn't make us better than them. Exchanging energy with people is a huge factor of why we are here. If we didn't need to spend time with each other. We'd each know everything and we'd walk around not needing anyone and what would be the point? What would be the point? 
it can't only be about ourselves alone. But we do want to heal ourselves from injuries so that when we do interact, we feel more fulfilled, we feel happier, we feel more grounded. But it is all about spending time with other people. Why would we rush them through? Because we're already rushing ourselves through. So to us, we're like, well, don't spend time on that. We got to get to this. Well, what is this that you're going to get to that you're willing to give up the lessons along the way because you're just going to rinse and repeat? So really pay attention to that. And the guilt trip for not having done enough. You answered it in the second one, impatient when someone needs time. You're impatient when you need time. You want to rush yourself through to get to the finish line, whatever that is, but if you don't know how you got there or why you're trying to get there or what you need to learn to be there, you're going to get there on three legs, not four. And then you got to go back and start again to realize, hey, wait a minute, I need to be more patient. I need to slow down. Working with people teaches me, helps me, enriches me, gives me space. Keeping calm, patient, and breathing every day in the midst of crazy. And you said it here, but a marvelous world. I would change that to is a marvelous world. I wouldn't discount the marvelous world part. Really think about how you are writing this. Every day does end as it should, and the hard work isn't as hard when you don't see it as work, when you don't see spending time with another person. It's got to have to be patient and listen to their whole spiel, and I really don't want to, because you may contribute through that, you will see a part of yourself as well. Those energy exchanges we have with each other, just like right now, we are exchanging energy. Even though I can't see you and I can't hear you, but we're exchanging energy with knowledge. Otherwise, there's no point of listening. And there's no point for me to talk if no one's listening. And there's no point for anyone to listen if no one's talking. Change, energy. So really focus on, you know, what am I exchanging energy with all day? Am I exchanging it with rushing? Am I exchanging it with impatience or guilt because I don't feel like in the 24 hours I got, I've pulled off an entire, you know, symphony of of events? Honoring yourself is being patient with yourself because then you're not missing all those parts that you're rushing through gets you to where you feel lost in the woods. We don't have to do anything to be happy. We have to trust ourselves to be happy. Sometimes there's things, you know, waddling around in my mind, you know, oh, do this and and go get that. And if you get this, wow, everything will be great. And then I'm like, wait a minute, where did that come from? I don't even think like that. Oh, wait, that's my ego. 
<laughs> trying to rush me through my day. And then I just take a breath and I go, okay, I'm glad I caught you because I was actually enjoying myself before that thought hit my head. That's how I knew it wasn't mine. And then I'd say things to myself like, I'm in this moment. I can only manage my 50 feet. Whatever's around me is what I can do. Everything else is going to go on with or without me. Because it will. And it does. No matter who leaves, no matter who's done on earth and goes back home, life goes on, doesn't it? Even when you think you can't go on by losing someone we love, we still wake up the next day and we still go on. Life will go on without us. So while we are here, instead of feeling like being happy is hard work, why don't we tell ourselves in our brain, wow, being sad or being lost in the woods is hard work. Because that's really the hard feelings to have because we don't want to feel that. We want to feel settled. So accept where you're at. Accept being patient. Like, wow, why am I rushing through this? I, I could feel myself revving up. Take a breath. I know it sounds easy, but breathing all the way down forces your entire brain to say, oh, wait a second, I'm being worked with, not against right now. Oh, wait a second, every time you breathe, I'm being worked with, not against right now. And that goes on until you stop deep breathing. We have built a life on shallow breathing. And then we wonder why we have anxiety and we wonder why we feel like we're going to jump out of our skin anytime something interrupts our flow, whatever that flow is. We are so much bigger than ego coming in and robbing us and robbing us of our own patience, of our own self-compassion. And telling us that that's not enough. When that's the foundation, that's the nut and bolt that holds that table up. And if that table can be held up, you can put stuff on it. You can use it. But if the table's always wobbling, anything you put on it could fall off. I know it's a weird analogy, but it works. So I hope that answered your question. And I hope, I don't know if you're listening, I know that You're in Germany, so I don't know what their timing is now. I think you guys are like 10 hours ahead of us, as far as I know. But anyway, good luck with that answer. And if you have any more questions, feel free. I am here. I have another question, and this one came in the inbox, and it said, Good morning, Nadia. Christopher here with questions. At home or heaven, would I feel a greater love for the soul of my own child than the soul of a child of someone else? In this life, quarreling children lead to quarreling adults. How could this fail to be true of another life? I I have to make sure I understand that. Would we feel more for our children at home than someone else's child? I, you will, okay, love is love is love is love, right? It's love is love is love. So whatever love you feel, you will feel 
not only for one child, but for many. But the bigger question is, is that it's the number of experiences you have with someone that makes our relationship with love towards that child, towards that person, than another soul. It's not that we love each other more or less. It's the number of experiences that we have. I don't know. I I say it a lot, but I know sometimes things don't click. So it's and then being at home, it's different because we understand the role of that soul coming and teaching us. Even though we were the parent in this life, or they were the child, or whatever it was that we had to deal with on Earth, when we go back home, we're like, oh yeah, you were that. Well, okay, but this is what I learned. So as far as I know, because, you know, I'm not at home right now and neither are you, love is love is love. That's what Christ says to me over and over again. It's just the relationships that are different. It's the number of experiences that we have with somebody that makes that difference. I don't know how that correlates to the second part of your question, but you do say in this life quarreling children lead to quarreling adults. Everybody kind of quarrels. It's part of the mix. Could this fail to be true of another life, like at home? Um, we don't need to quarrel at home because the kinds of lessons that are we're learning at home have nothing to do with us reestablishing ourselves. Self-love is, is who we are. Um, and we know we're loved already. That's not a question. It's not like we're going around trying to fill holes. That's what earth is for. But I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, quarreling children lead to quarreling adults. Well, quarreling adults are the ones who teach quarreling children to be quarreling children. So I don't know, maybe vicious circle, probably. Um, how could this fail to be true of another life? We don't need conflict in other places, at least from what I saw. So I hope I answered that. That was um Sometimes I, I get lost in, in a question because maybe it's the middle of someone's thought that they're sharing, and then I have to figure it out. So, um, <laughs> But I'm, I'm pretty good at figuring things out, hopefully, and I hope that I was helpful. Okay, so I have another question, and this one is from Liam, and he says, oh, wait, I just lost it. There we go. I read of a scientist who studies the evolution of the human species. She wrote a paper that said that in many, many years from now, human descendants would evolve to a place of not needing physical bodies, but instead having energy forms that are invisible to our naked eye. Oh, wow, we'll all be here and not see each other. That would be interesting. My question is this. Are angels being from other parts of the universe, or better yet, the future of this world, that have evolved so much they are invisible? I'm curious about this. I do know it's most likely a question you can't answer, but it's an interesting thought. My opinion is that aliens are helping our world evolve and protecting us also. I just think angels are the most advanced of the alien species. Okay. All right. I I just thought of like a sci-fi movie or... I thought of, there was a show when I was a kid called My Favorite Martian. And um, the man, every time the Martian part of him would come out, he would 
grow those antennas on his head. And um, if you haven't ever seen the show, you have to Google My Favorite Martian and, and take a look at that show. But I'll tell you what I do know about angels, because I don't think I could even begin to answer this question, because it's about future, and we don't know future. I definitely don't know future. And anyone who tells me future scares me, because there's always free will. So I tend to stay away from people who say future things. I know that sounds weird, but I do stay away from that. All I know is what I know today, and I can answer on that knowledge. So we have angels. There are angels. That I know for sure because I saw one. Okay, I saw a couple of them. But they are like between us and God. God's energy is too much for us to withstand in a body. That's just the way it is. We, are, um, we can only handle so much energy. So we have what I call specks, specks of light, pure love. And every single one of us does not come without protection or like a, I call them a team. Every single one of us. And we feel it sometimes when we're sad and we feel comforted. And sometimes when we say, oh, my God, and oh, I, I need help or whatever, it, it sometimes, you know, it shows up depending on how we're asking, what we're asking for, and the level of purity that we feel. Because sometimes we say, well, God, I need money like he's an ATM. Or, well, God, I need this problem solved like we're not here to learn. But the angels are obedient to our free will. So if we don't know they're there, we can't ask for help, right? It's like you don't know someone's behind that wall. But if you do know they're there, and you talk, you just talk to yourself and you know, okay, there is a bigger force. There is a bigger world. There is, you know, a higher source. Whatever it is we're thinking, there is God, there is prayer, and it works. And, and we feel all that. What are we exchanging with? Changing energy with a higher source, God, or angels. And you can't go wrong. You will feel heard. How do I know that? Because I did it. When I was in my marriage and my husband made sure that I did not feel good about myself, kept telling me everything that was wrong with me, kept trying to make sure that I was put in my place for whatever his reasons were and whatever he needed back from it. And I'd be like, how did he get that out of this? Like, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't. So what did I do? Instead of fighting with him and exchanging energy with him, even though I knew nothing about exchanging energy yet, I had not even seen Christ yet, but naturally, as a survival mechanism in me, I did know there was a God. I don't care what anyone tried to tell me, yes or no, I always knew in my heart, in my being, that there is God. So when I had no one to talk to, and I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would write to God, friend, 
He was my only friend at that time. And I would wake up and write. And while I was writing, I unrecognizable at the time because I didn't know what that felt, what, what it was called, but I would feel better. It was like I just threw up. I would feel better. And as a result of that exchanging energy, I could fall back asleep. So that reinforced in my brain that there is a bigger picture. So now Liam is writing back. I am asking this because I'm reading Neil Donald Walsh's lasted, lasted conversation with God, and God told Neil that highly evolved beings are helping us and protecting us. Yes, that's true. Every single one of us. But they can only help us with our permission. God explains that beings are helping us and it's time we tap into them. I know it's sci-fi, but maybe there are beings from the cosmos helping us. They're angels. I mean, that's the word we got. We can call them beings. We can call them angels. We can call them energy specs. We can call them whatever we want. But every single one of us, I always say, and you included, because everyone always thinks it's others has an entire team of angels around us. And when we talk to them, and I know it sounds weird because I could just hear or see the brain of somebody listening to this and saying, well, I have angels around me. Well, why can't I see them? Well, why don't I know it? Well, why are you telling me now, now that I've, you know, gone through this and gone through that? Well, they were there. They were there. And they are there right now. And they will be there. To God, this isn't anything big. But I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning of the show. We were taught, taught to not believe anything bigger than what we are told. And a lot of times, what we are told is taught to us in error. In Origins of Truth, Christ talks about thoughts in error. We were taught things in error. And if we believed those things, then there was more to come of stuff that didn't make sense that we would say, well, that's just the way it is. And it's not, is it? Did not come here without support. We will always have that support It is available to us. With our free will, we can interact with it. We can say it's not there. We can fight it. We can relish in it. We can believe it or not because we have free will. The only thing, Liam, that I talked about sci-fi was us being invisible or You know, there is a lot of invisible energy because energy precedes words. But about aliens and all of that, now we're calling angels something else, maybe, maybe not. But the word alien tends to alienate the average Joe. Because now they're like, well, okay, well, I'm I'm still busy trying to figure out humans. Now you're going to add aliens to the mix. Now what am I going to do? 
But if we say angels, everyone kind of gets we we get that that that's a possibility. By now in life, we've had experiences where we say, "Wow, I wonder how that happened." Wow, that might have been God, you know, and 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 you believe it because you've seen it or you've felt it, and you try to describe it and you can't because it's just so cool that you can't describe it. So it's not that they're from another universe or from the future or from the past. They're here now. They are with us always. God did not just drop us down from the sky. We had to come through another human being to be here. And it took two people to make one person come, so it forced us to seek each other out. There is a great master plan. God is endless in his wisdom. And if he weren't, we couldn't even continue this show for another day because we'd run out of things to talk about way long ago. But now we can't stop talking because we're discovering. You guys, I have like just a few seconds left. Have a great weekend. Push your clocks forward, and I will see you Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.